Welcome to Persons of Interest. I am your host, Derek Dockett. Many of the people I've had on this podcast aren't necessarily household names to everyone, but they all have a unique story. The name Nafis Ricks might sound familiar to some of my Missouri State friends because he was the starting point guard on the 2010-2011 Bears basketball team that won the regular season Missouri Valley Conference Championship. But his story isn't just about basketball. Nafis made the most of his opportunities to get an education while also overcoming some personal struggles. In this podcast, he describes how he landed at Missouri State, his connection with Coach Conzo Martin, playing abroad, working as a graduate assistant at Mizzou, and what he hopes to achieve in the future. This is Nafis Ricks on Persons of Interest. Tell me a little bit more about your background and just sort of how you let basketball lead the way for you. Well, to be honest, you know, as a young kid growing up, uh, so I was raised in North Carolina and Philadelphia. Uh, my father uh, had his little past life about in and out of jail, you know, the same old story that you hear from the inner city, but he didn't want that for his kids. So when we moved down to North Carolina, I was in first or second grade. So I went from North Carolina from second grade to 10th, but I was always playing sports and basketball as competitive because I was angry. And I didn't know I was angry, and I was using that aggression towards the basketball court. Or Because I played all sports. I played baseball, football, uh, ran track. I was just trying to stay active so I could keep my mind off, not focusing on why did I move from Philadelphia to North Carolina with my father. I left my mother up there or whatever. But not, and not knowing until I got older, uh, living with my grandfather and my uh, father down in North Carolina, it showed me how to be a man. So sports, and particularly with basketball, I was always a competitive person. So as I'm going through the ranks and I'm understanding that there's a possibility that I can go to the NBA, I'm, most of the time, you know, when you're a kid, you can see the gap between uh, players, especially at a young age. And I always see the little gap between me and some guys. And I, and I had a comp- competitive spirit. I always want to be in the gym and I just want to be around sports. So as I get older and I was going through the transition of using basketball to catapult me, I never wanted somebody to look at me as just a basketball player. I felt like if, once you get to know me, I talk a lot. I have a unique personality that I think, uh, and I love people. I love helping people. And I kept seeing myself throughout the years of playing basketball. I will always tell my story. How did you move from North Carolina? How did you move from Philadelphia to North Carolina and North Carolina to Philadelphia? And people don't realize that I used to come back to Philadelphia every summer to go see my older brother and my sister and the rest of my family members. And until my brother was murdered when I was in eighth grade, I was 14. My older brother was 19 then that kind of shifted and it rocked everything a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you got to make a decision based on do you continue playing? Because, you know, you hurt the time more. Do I retaliate? I'm in the eighth grade. What can I possibly do? Whatever is done is done. Right. And, you know, being so far away from my mother, uh, me and my little brother kind of struggled. But I, and, and it took me a long time to understand that I was struggling from that situation along with not seeing my mother and my father being together. Because my mother and father, I never seen – a two-parent household, so I don't even know what that looked like. Yeah. So as when I as I get older and I have my own kid, I want that for my daughter, so she don't have to whatever whatever I didn't get. I want her to see that it's this is the normal thing to do. And not saying that it was a bad job for my mother and father. I just don't know what that feeling right. is, and I always I want to get make sure I get that to my daughter. So as I I'm using basketball, I'm starting to see the the, the writing wall. Maybe I need to work a little bit harder. Maybe I need I, maybe I need to work a little bit smarter because. If you're a good person, I think people will help you out. And that's what I looked at. I'm like, even if this thing don't work out, I don't want somebody to label me just as a basketball player. I want to show who I am as my personality. So if I if I even fall a little short in certain areas on the basketball court, 
me being a good person will try to help me get to the next point. And that's how I use my education. So leaving Missouri State, people don't even realize before I got to Missouri State or before I got to junior, junior college, I was in prep school in Maine. Oh, so wow. My junior, so I was in Maine for a half a year. And people don't even realize that. I don't. Even, and I talk about it. That was a bad experience. Me and the coach kind of clashed because I didn't. He came to watch me play and everything like that. But it wasn't just a good fit for the both of us. And, you know, you don't know until you get to right. campus. Right. People are always like, well, you can get recruited. You got to know who you – man, you don't know what, how they operate on an everyday basis. Now, mind you, I'm a year older. I'm removed out of one year out of high school. And people uh, people who know me or read by my bio, I was a leading – I led the state in scoring my senior year, 35 points a game. And, and so when I got there, I struggled mentally, physically, because I wasn't used to – working out the, the level of what he thought. Yeah. So I was like, I'm here with a bunch of guys like college that's one year older, stronger, faster. So I'm relying on my talent and just thinking my ego is going to catapult me to where I need to go. When that didn't work out, you know, I had left from the uh, prep school in the, uh, the semester. So I was home from December, from January on to the summertime. So that's when I arrived at junior college. I was like, I just got to take a scholarship. I don't care where it's at because my goal was the division one, but I didn't meet the SAT requirements, but I only took the test one time, but I wasn't aware at my high school, we didn't have the resources to tell me that uh, you get a scholarship based on your SAT score and your GPA. I was like, after the season, I'm like, where's my scholarship? That's right. what I thought in my mind because nobody never told me. And I was just playing because my family couldn't afford for me to go to school. And I didn't want to burden, uh, burden my family with, yo, you got to take care of this or help me take care of this bill. I'm like, I'm going to use my athletic ability to get me where I need to go, but I'm going to put my education first and really learn about myself and what my professional career might be because y'all did y'all job. My mother and father and my grandfather did the best job they can with me and my brothers and my sister. They did the best job. I can't take that away from them. So I'm like, it's my job now to take care of my life and put myself in a position and, you know, still had the support and everything. Uh, so as I got to Missouri State, it was a, uh, I mean, from junior college, let's, let me go back to junior college. Yeah. Junior college was awakening. Uh, like, I was, I was like angry, angry, because now my brother was murdered and I was still holding that on, but I just didn't know how to express myself because, you know, as an 18, 19 year old kid, you're not prone to seeing that happen to someone that you love and it's close to you. And, you know, in a, in a black community, we don't talk about mental health. We don't talk about uh, your struggles on an everyday basis. They say, go pray about it. Praying just is one part of the therapy, but that's not all. You need a neutral party to, you know, resolve some of the issues and release because it's a neutral party. And that's how I felt. I never, I never got that. I never got that opportunity because I was still trying to be the Superman, the super athlete. Because you know, we as athletes, I feel like we looking at, we looked at superheroes, mentors, role models, and still sometimes we neglect ourselves and our internal right. self. So that's what I was doing. So I was like, man, this is one stop. I got to spend two years here. I got to make the best of it. So I was kind of a bad leader because of my struggles. I was used to, I'm like, if you can't get it done, I'll get it done. Like move, I'll be cursing. And like, and I didn't notice. And I was in a new environment. I'm in the middle of Kansas. I'm like, I came from Maine. I'm well, from Philadelphia, North Carolina to Maine to Kansas. Kansas so yeah. you talking about a culture shock. I'm talking about like, I might be the only black man in my class and it's predominantly white. And I got to adjust to what's going on. And the school wasn't a school where, oh, they're going to do your work at that's no Johnson County is a, one of the top notch junior colleges in the country where they don't care about athletics. That wasn't even, right. they care about the academic part. So that was an adjustment. It's like, I felt like sometimes I was in class and I, maybe I wanted, I didn't agree with the class was saying. I, I wanted, I was scared to raise my hand because I was scared of being judged. I was being the only black man in the classroom and maybe how, 
maybe they're like, well, you're an athlete and you're just trying to get privileged. So in my mind, I, I just I used to be real, real reserved. And I used to build relationships, but my experience was there. It just opened my eyes up to, I have to adjust, but I'm still suppressing these things inside of me and who I was. So when I when I did my following year, my sophomore year, being at uh, the junior college was my best year because at the end of my freshman year, I sat down with my coach and my uh, one of my teammates named Kyle Speed. Uh, they told me, uh, you got to work on some things, like, in order. And my, my coach, Coach Jeffers, Mike Jeffers, I, I love this guy. To, uh, to, he sat me in his office, and he kind of cursed me out. He was like, you have to work on these things for us to get better. You are a leader, but you're a bad leader right now. And don't take and – and I didn't take no defense to it. And I was just like – I sat back and like, wow, I can't believe <laughs> he really cursed me out. Like, but I'm so competitive, I can take it. And I know he loved me for me. Yeah. So – and when my when my teammate came to me, uh, he was a walk on at the time, and he earned his spot. He told me at the end of the year, he uh, he said he said to me, he's like, yeah, just some things that I observed. This don't have nothing to do with coach. So when he said it, it confirmed everything. Yeah, I just I just I just changed everything that I was doing, and then after that, my my career went up. We won a national championship. I won national junior college player of the year. My sophomore year, uh, my at the JUCO, we won the whole thing. So it was for me, it was like an eye opening. Like okay. I had to change some stuff within myself. Fast forward. Now it's time to pick a school. I had over 60 scholarships. I still had the bag where every school was recruiting me and offered me a scholarship. And I just used that for motivation for kids back home to learn about who I was. And like, if I can do it, you can do it. Uh, so I get down to the, I, I kind of knew where I wanted to go. Well, Missouri State came up last. Really? Like in my mind. Yeah, because... The thing was, I didn't know nothing about Missouri State. I was looking to go back to the East Coast, so my, okay. I was just so family can come. So I'm, uh, Eric Stamps was a guy that I played summer league with down uh, Penn Valley. They had a summer league, so I met him. I got cool with him and everything, and he was connected to Steve Woodbury, who recruited me at Missouri State. Uh, and I was just like, my original plan was to go to Mizzou because the twins, Mark the Morris twins, were from Philly, and I had them come in one, come down to one of my games, and they had give me tickets to go to the Kansas game. So I was like. Yo, I could play at Mizzou. I, I wanted to go to Mizzou to play against Kansas against Missouri. Like that was my goal. It's like this rivalry. I'm not, I know I'm not gonna go to North Carolina dude because I'm just they not recruiting me and they don't recruit junior college guys. But I can go to Mizzou and the way they play was playing up and down, up and down, up and down. So when I uh, originally at the end of my recruitment, so I'm looking at the recruit, I'm like Melvin Watkins was a coach, assistant coach at uh, Mizzou, and he came to my game or whatever. So I'm like, oh, he said like me. They they calling me and everything. So. I'm waiting to the very end, and I'm waiting for them to get a call back. They didn't call. They picked up Michael Dixon. So I'm like, all right, hometown favorite, Mizzou. And it kind of crushed me a little bit because I wanted to play against Kansas. So as I'm going down my visits uh, with the Missouri State, uh, UW-Milwaukee, uh, where else Where else did I go? North Texas and Georgia State. Okay. I took. I, t- I made sure I take took all four visits. So Missouri State was probably my second visit. People don't realize I didn't go for Missouri State for Missouri State. I, I literally went for Conzo Martin. And the reason why I say that, because when you're in a recruitment as a junior college player, as a junior college player, you got to go with the right coach. Right. Because he controls the minutes, your opportunity. And I only got two years. To That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you got limited yeah, time. I only got two years. So for me, I needed somebody who can relate to me, not just on a basketball court. I need somebody who can coach me in my life. Yeah. Because when this basketball is over, I need to be able to pick up the phone and say, Coach, I need your guidance on this. And I'm not looking at you just for my athletic ability or whatnot. So he gave me an opportunity where East St. Louis, he's a Division One coach, a black man, and he's doing it the right way. So for me, I was just like, let me take all these visits to see just because I never, I know I'm not going to get this process again. So 
I literally took all of this. In my mind, Missouri State was already placed because of the relationship that me and him, he didn't crowd me. Uh, and my, mind you, Missouri State visit was great, but it wasn't the, the, the tipping point for me to go because I was following whatever he was really doing because it was a relatability. And now he was giving me real information. So as I get there, once again, I got to start back over. I'm adjusting from junior college yeah. to Division One now. It's Kyle Weems, it's Jermaine Mollett, it's Adam Leonard, it's Will Creekmore, it's uh, who else? Cardell, Cardell McFarland. It was so many guys there already that was laying a foundation, and yeah. I had to adjust once again. So I'm more of a combo guard at the time and trans and, and kind of converting to the point guard. When I tell you, it was so such a struggle, and I messed up my foot my going into the summer. And I was a little bit behind. So as I get there, Coach Martin worked me to death. And mind you, he doesn't curse. He doesn't belittle you. He doesn't do anything. So I was uncomfortable with that language because being from Philadelphia, I was used to curse at me to get me going. So when he didn't curse at me, I'm like, how's he getting me to work hard? And he's not cursing at me. I was like, this feels like it doesn't feel normal. So as he makes me run lines, I'm passing out literally. I can't finish a workout. I'm tired. I'm stressed. And I'm just like, this is not who I am. And, and I'm converting to the point guard. And people don't realize I sat 20 games yeah. off the bench for my junior year. People don't like you. Got, I think I might have been the highest junior college recruit that went to Missouri State, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. Uh, and sat 19 games, I mean, 20 games before I got in the starting lineup. People don't, I was struggling through that whole year. Like, yo, I got one more year left, but I'm, I think I'm better than the guy was in front of me at the time. At the time, the point guard was in front of me, and I was just like, Wow, I'm just not I'm not good enough. I felt like that in my in my brain, in my heart. And I wasn't working hard enough, but I, I wasn't ready to run away from the challenge because I respected Coach Martin and it had nothing to do with him. What he put me through, that was for me. And I respected him to this day about it. And we talk about it to this day. It's like people, all my teammates can tell you, Keith Pickens, a guy that I talk to mm-hmm. very often, and Jermaine, we talk about we, we all have a group chat. And we talk about it. I was like, man, I struggled my junior year. I face planning and workouts. I couldn't do workouts because I was fear and anxiety. Of failing, I, I was trying to be perfect. So when I went in the office, my uh, my junior year, it was one. I mean, I went Coach Harris. I remember just breaking down, just crying, like, man, I can't do this. I'm just not good enough. I'm thinking about just leaving college because it was just so much going on. My, I lost my my cousin in junior college, so my second year I had to be one. It my, my cousin was murdered in North Carolina, so I feel like I'm playing this song Except again all over, over again. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta think. My mom, my mom and father not together. I lived with my brother my grandfather and my dad tough love and now when I get 16 I'm living with my, my mother at, in a, as a sophomore and I didn't get a scholarship right away out of high school so all this is coming into play and then my cousin get murdered I'm thinking about all this and you know I got friends up every year in my life back home that's being murdered in the street with gun violence or whatever so in my head I'm trying to be a hero of trying to take myself out of that environment but it's kind of like I feel like I got imposter syndrome I feel like Am I, do I belong in this environment? Because I feel like I'm leaving them behind and I can't bring them with me to take them out of that environment. Right. So I had all that bundled up and I finally went in Coach Martin's office and we have a great relationship. I used to sit in and he could tell you to this day, my feet like to talk. Like I, I like to talk to express myself. I like to, I like you people to know where I stand at and everything. And I just like to vent. So I went in his office one day and I like, Coach, I need help. I don't feel, I don't feel right. I don't feel good about myself. Uh, so the first thing he said, well, we're going to get you help. And that was it. And he, he got me a, a psychologist, therapist. And it was the first time I felt comfortable with uh, explaining what was going on with me and how to like process it. And it was in, uh, I can't remember the lady's name, but it was in the office. And I just started expressing myself. And I trusted Coach Martin because 
I felt like when the recruitment process, you're not going to be able to just coach me on the basketball. I need you. I need a coach with my life. Yeah, life coach. Because, yeah, I need my life coach because you need to be. I need you to be an extension of my father and all the coaches that I had previously. My coach Reggie. Uh, man, I had so many good coaches. Uh, coach Hassan in my uh, middle school. I had so many coaches that growing up that I looked up to and I looked up, I looked for them for guidance. They needed to be extension for my grandfather and my father. So when I got in these environments, I knew how to operate, navigate it. And that's why I got to this point. And I think I ble- I, I, I've been blessed to use my education as far as just like I'm more than an athlete. And I, my slogan that I use is before the game, I had a name. So it basically describing who are you before you pick up, uh, before you get these titles, who are you as a uh, person? And I, you know, I'm going into this counseling psychologist. That's my next journey using sports and using my uh, sports uh, experience to catapult me into education and show guys and, and women that it's all right to express yourself and be authentic about what's going on because there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I can imagine. Man, you you just threw a lot of me there. I, that's stuff I, I had no idea about, which after I read the story and then that, that, that article mentioned that when – at Missouri, like you just said, Coach Martin got you help right there in the middle of, of your time at Missouri State. So I remember that that time you said you came off the bench, but you also were all bench team for the conference. You got an award for being one of the better reserves in the mm-hmm. league. And, of course, that team was really successful. They won the uh, CIT postseason tournament. But that time you all had on the court turned into a really successful senior year for you and that right. team there. I'm interested because you you said you talked to Pickens, um, Jermaine Mallett. Obviously, you guys had a strong connection, and you're still connected today. Right. Can you tell me about not just on the court but off the court how the relationship that you guys had how it helped you make how it helped you all become a better team? Uh, I, I think when you got five seniors with Kyle Williams was a red shirt junior. Yeah, it made it easier. We we, we looked in each other's eyes, and I knew what my struggles. We all had internal struggles, and I don't know what their struggles was specifically. But I know what I needed for myself to get better on the basketball court. So off the court, we we really we, came, we went over each other's house all the time. We, we went out together, so it made it easier. And me, I was always a little uncomfortable because all these guys are Midwest guys, except for Jermaine. So me and Jermaine was like the outcast. Okay, really. like Adam, uh, Will, Oklahoma, and uh, Kansas City, Kyle, Kansas City, yeah. uh, that area. So we just had to combine because at the end of the day, at the end of the day. It was five, basically, seniors going for one goal. And and I sacrificed. We all took a sacrifice because when I'm back home, people are like, why are you not scoring the ball? Why are you not doing this? And I'm just thinking, like, I got to get in where I fit in. I want to be a winner. I want to be a winner in my life. So us hanging around each other, doing stuff, like, they'd come pick me up because I didn't have a car. I would not. So we was always together. And we knew, like, we all have egos. I'm going to be honest. We all had egos. I thought I could have did more in my – but I was content. Well, not content, but I was okay with winning as a substitute. And I knew I was going for the right reason. And I, like I said, if we don't win, none of this makes sense. Like, it'd be a waste that you got five scenes and we was this close to my junior year from making the next step. Right. I think if I would have, and I put it a lot on myself, if I would have been better at the beginning, maybe this would have been a different out. Maybe we won 27 games. Maybe. Uh, or whatnot. But I wasn't ready. And, and my time came as the time arrived. But off the court, we did a lot of things. We went out together awfully a lot. We was a t- close-knit group. And we wanted those freshmen. Like I told him, my senior year, freshman, y'all might not get in the game because I already know what I'm bringing to the table. I already know the Adam, Jermaine, Will. I already know what they bring to the table. So y'all always going to have to get better during practice. And whenever we get tired or injury happens, yeah. y'all can still in. 
because I felt like we had the ultimate confidence and we felt like we could play with anybody. Sounds like the number one prescription for a a team to fit in Missouri Valley Conference, senior leadership, guys determined, together. I mean, that's tip, That's like the prototypical successful Missouri Valley Conference team. And I, So I, I graduated in 2002, and I, I started down there in 97. So I've been following – once I found out what a Southwest Missouri State was, because I had no idea what the school was when I got down there, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. We had pretty good you know, athletic teams and all that, all that jazz. Um, but then been following it ever since, even now after working there – seniors that are teammates that meld together that have leadership qualities that tends to be what makes a successful team and you get that that tells me exactly right there how it happened how it came together the way it did um that year your senior year of course um you guys win regular season uh you come close to ncaa tournament with the lost indian with indiana state i know that's heartbreaking because you guys were literally right there it like seconds on the clock and i know that's probably heartbreaking but i don't want to dwell on that because it was a success because you guys won the regular season even though you didn't get an NCAA tournament bid but you played in NIT um Tell me about when you guys won the regular season beating Wichita State. It actually, was the last, I think it was either the last day. I think it was the last day of the regular season, ESPN2 game. I was there. I was actually working on headset uh, with the ESPN broadcast team. Uh, Mark Adams was calling that game. I remember right. sitting like two seats from him at the, the scores table. And at the end of that game, you and uh, Creekmore <laughs> with the sign, ESPN, right, right, I need right. a job. I'm a senior. I mean, that's something I've never seen never ever and still haven't seen from Missouri right. State because it's the only time it's happened um, right. the emotion of seeing something like that coming together and, and knowing that you guys can put something together and make it work and you can overcome I mean at this time nobody knows the story you just told just now we don't know right. that background but here you right. are you've achieved something and done it the right way how is all that emotion come together for you in that moment well to be honest I was the all right, let me give you a, the story. I mean, let me give you the night previous before that. So, mind you, my father came into town. He was there the day before. So, my mother was get, uh, had to work or whatever. So, she uh, first she said she couldn't come. So, mind you, it's the night before of the, the, the senior night. So, we looking forward. Like, we know all of the seniors. Like, we already know the routine of how we routine and everything. So, we already had the confidence in saying we beat Wichita State. Like, they are, they are rival for us. Like, it's like they got – a lot of seniors, and they beat us the previous year or whatever. So we like we can't lose on national TV at home. As for the game, as for the tiebreaker for the win, so that that morning people don't even know. Like I don't even tell this story. My mom flew in at six a.m. to Kansas City, Missouri. Wow. The game might have been at two, if I can recall. Yeah. Yep. The game was at two, so I had to drive to Kansas City six a.m. that morning of the game day. You did. Mom, I did. My father and my, my my brother didn't know the way to get to Kansas City, Missouri. So she flew in. I was dead tired. So I drove like I left like we left like four in the morning. We got there like six. Got there six. So we drive right back. Eight o'clock. So I take a. I probably take like an hour or two. So coach cancels uh, shoot around. Luckily he canceled shoot around. I was like, because I would I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. Like, did he know you with the Kansas City? No, nobody knew. <laughs> oh my nobody goodness. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. So I was exhausted. So we I get back, it's like ten, like it's like ten o'clock. So we gotta be at the gym like two hours before, hour and a half before I get there, like 11, 30, 12. I ain't tell nobody, I just warm up, do my regular, I'm tired or whatever, but I ain't making no excuse. We have to win this game. So as we as we get prepared for the game, I'm like 
I get energized. It's like I just get a joke. The crowd is like, this is 11,000 people. Yeah, it's sold out. And it's, yep. it's sold out. And it's like, we worked this hard. And Coach Martin stayed consistent with his approach. He doesn't want to look at wins and losses. You look at wins and losses in your life. And he keep the same routine. Well, we know, like, it's a loving man and a family that sacrificed for, him, for, for himself to get us to this point. So as we get to that point and we are doing all these things and I'm getting prepared for the game and we, emotion is just running high and I'm excited. Adrenaline, I'm like, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get to that point of winning. So the game is back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think I got the first steal or I got the first rebound. And I smacked the backboard or something like that. So I feel like I was always a fire starter as far as defending. Like that was my, that was my, my niche. I'm going to defend my butt off. I'm going to find Kyle and Adam for the three. Jermaine is going to explode with the thunderous dunk, and Will's going to put work in and get the crowd hyped and everything. So as we playing this game, I'm just thinking, like, this is my last game, like, at playing in this arena. And we got to we gotta leave out on top. Uh, and you can hear like, – you can see the crowd, and every time we make a play, it just – I know I'll never get this feeling once again when this thing is over. So as we won, uh, you see – I don't think you remember. I don't think Greg Marshall shook our hands. I don't think he shook our hands after the game. He just walked back or whatever. We shook a lot of those guys' hands. And I, and I have a conversation with a couple of those guys from Wichita State. But I don't think he shook our hands. But I was so happy that we won. And I was so overwhelmed. My anxiety started coming when everybody rushed the court. Yeah. So I'm like, I might get this chance one time at all. So man, me and Will grabbed the signs. I didn't even know what my sign said. I just jumped on. <laughs> it was excited. Like, we won. Like, I didn't even care. Like, And it's like one of those moments where it's surreal because – you don't see a kid from the inner city of Philadelphia get this opportunity. And my thing, I was just excited. It wasn't even those things like, I'm doing this for Philadelphia. I was more of like, wow, I'm on the top of the mountain. And this yeah. happened. This is the first time ever that it happened. And we're going to be from, we're going to be remembered forever from winning the Valley for the first time. I'm like, this is excitement. Like, I got to enjoy this. So that was my biggest thing. Like, when Coach was talking and everything like that, it was a joy for him to see him and his progression. And, you know, this is the first time that it happened. We are part of history. So I, I, I really uh, thank Missouri State for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talent as well. That year, um, you talked about you, you've connected with some of the Wichita State guys from, from then. Um, who, what stands out, some of those games or players, anything in particular that stands out from opponents that you guys oh, had yeah. that year? Yeah, yeah. Northern Iowa was, I'm going to say this Northern on, on the record, Northern Iowa was the toughest defensive team I have ever played against. Like, you, t- like, and even offensively, like, they run, like, their system is amazing. From 1 through 12 guys, so it's, they like the Spurs almost. You can't make too many mistakes with them because they're going to execute. They're not going to shoot the ball when you force them to. They're going to, you really got to make shots and got to be sound and defensively because they run a great system. Uh, Wichita State, you know, they got talented players. And they play hard. They play hard, and it's a it's really competitive. Like people don't realize in a volley, people look at it kind of downgraded a little bit. And I look at it, it's like you can win or lose on your home court at any night, from one to the twelve team. Like you going, it's going to be in for, for for a battle. And Creighton, like that's another game that I mm-hmm. I love to play against in Wichita State and Creighton, the Lester Valley. So it's it's hard to see it, like because that was some very yeah. very competitive games. And even Southern, a, a team like a Scrappy Southern Illinois, like it's a dog fight. Yeah. It's a dog fight. So the whole conference in itself uh, made it so competitive. And I felt like, if, like, because the year before, I think Northern Iowa beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. It showed you how competitive that it could be and where we could. And I look at it for our senior, and I know they don't want to talk about the Indiana State, but I felt like we were the best team still. We were, 
we was going, we playing with six and a half guys. People don't realize that that was experience. So by the time we got to Indiana State, we was like game winner. It was game winner almost every game leading yeah. up to that game, and we was like almost tired. Like I know I did a bad job. I put it on like Jake Odom was running circles around me, like, and I was just like. I hope Tom can stop for us enough to get over that hump. And, you know, I still believe that we should have got in even with our loss because we went, we battled. And the first time in history, I think we was a part of that. We should have been a part of the NCAA group. Yeah, yeah. So, so after your time at Missouri State, did you have some 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 chances to play overseas? Think pursuing the professional thing before you decided to get back at Mizzou and pursue their graduate degree. What was that time like uh, leading up before going back to school? Yeah, well, so when I was done, uh, I actually got a chance to play overseas. My first year, it was you know, it was the NBA lockout, and mm-hmm. I had a team from uh, Czechoslovakia that I turned down because I didn't know nobody who ever went there. And I was kind of nervous, to be honest. I, my daughter was just being born January 31st of 2012, and it was a lockout year. But I didn't know once I turned down this job that I probably wasn't going to get a job because all the NBA guys was going to international summer. And it was saturating the market. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't have a job my first year. And all my teammates, Adam, Will, Jermaine, was all going overseas. You know, Kyle had one more year. So I just felt like I was like, I'm last again. Like, what is going on? So I didn't work. I, I mean, I worked in a school my first year getting out of school. And I had my daughter. It was a blessing just being home and, you know, being a father. And, you know, it was just new to me. So. Uh, I worked for, uh, for a year, and then the following year, I took a job in Finland. I played in uh, Finland. It was a d- d- super cold, crazy <laughs> experience. And I was just like, wow, I'm playing professional basketball. Like, I'm a professional basketball player. And mind you, I didn't want to realize how cold it was. And it was only three hours of sunlight. So basically, I'm in a brand-new country. I have a brand-new baby at home. And I'm just like, I'm FaceTiming every day. And just like, and we were 12 hours ahead compared mm-hmm. to the States. So when y'all... When, when the states was up, I was uh, sleeping. <laughs> I was supposed to be, at least. <laughs> and, you, you know, I was adjusting to a new culture, but I was really enjoying myself by educating myself about their culture and about what the pros and cons are like and how they the style of basketball. Lori Marketing was my teammate. Okay. He was, 14, he was 14 at the time. Mind you, he wasn't seven foot. He was 6'4". So he was the guy. He was like playing 16 under, averaging 30 points. And I didn't look at him. I didn't know. I knew he was going to eventually play in college, but I didn't know he was growing seven foot and playing in the NBA. So when I seen him, we I used to like almost like, yo, shoot the ball when you shoot the ball because I'll let him play point guard. And I'll play shooting guard sometimes. And he he had a brother that played on our team, on, on my team too as well. So they'll bring him up for experience. So as I'm looking at it, I'm just like, when he finally grew to seven foot, and his father's seven foot, mind you. He go to seven foot, and I see him on ESPN. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He go to seven foot, <laughs> and I'm like, you going to Arizona? And you go, and he played one and done. So we still communicate to this day. Like we talk on the phone nice. and everything every time he comes to the game. And I was just like, yo, you were a skinny little kid at six four, thin as paper, and then you grew to seven foot as in the NBA. So I always looked at those experiences. Like I want to be a good person. And I want to keep genuine relationships, and that was my goal with basketball. Like I never, I use basketball for an opportunity to tell a story. And that's how I looked at it. And that was my way of educating people about my experiences and stuff like that. So the following year after that, I went to Brazil. So I went from Finland, super cold, to nice weather and everybody. (laughs) No, I wasn't on the beach. I was in the country (laughs) of Brazil. But it was nice, man. Those experiences of meeting people in those countries, you get to see the difference on what the U.S. has, what they say about the Americans and vice versa or 
like the food there in Brazil was amazing. My teammates was amazing, and then the culture of being in a third world country. When I tell when you talk about poverty, man, I seen poverty where a, a person was taking a bath in mud on the side of the road, like wow. really struggling their self. And I got the it got for me it reevaluated everything that I was doing. I, I was privileged with certain things that these other countries may not be afforded with, but they. I, one thing I did find difference that they were peaceful. Like they were at peace of who they were and the, the culture and stuff like that. So they didn't need a lot. So when I got back, before I left from Brazil and I played my two years there in Brazil, I took a, like all the stuff that I had in my back, I gave everything away. I left with nothing. Because hmm. I felt like it was more of, they let they allowed me in this country to play basketball. I owe it to them to give whatever I have. And, you know, it's just, it didn't mean, material things didn't really mean nothing to me. Right. Uh, whatever. And I didn't live my life for material things. So I left everything there. And that was pretty much it. And then the following year, I went to Belgium and Amsterdam. And it was, wasn't a situation where the team folded in the Belgian situation. It didn't just, I, I was there for two weeks and then went to Amsterdam. So I was living out in Amsterdam for like two weeks because I was trying out for a team. And the, the team just folded. So I'm sitting out there with the team, wow. with the team, stuff with my teammates, and I still talk to to this day. And they just start. I'm like, you know what? I'm not in a rush to go home, but I'm gonna enjoy Amsterdam. I'm gonna enjoy. I'm gonna go out to the Netherlands. I'm gonna go find out because I might not get this shot again on somebody paying for it. So I, we went there, and they, whenever I go back to Europe, they're like, "Please come back to our house. You can stay with us." So I just look at my journey of playing basketball has opened so many other doors to the experience that a lot of people don't get or get the opportunity. Absolutely. Stuff is paid for. So I just use my athletic ability to open the door. Absolutely. That's awesome. Man, I didn't realize you were such a world traveler with all these things too because I've heard about, especially guys that have come from the Valley, they get the opportunity to play overseas. Like Kyle is still killing it playing over in Europe. So, yeah. I mean, he's almost like a star. I've seen like some of the stuff that he retweets from the team and the league that he's in. He's on the, right, right. like their Twitter graphics and the covers of magazines, things like that. So, obviously, the opportunity is there. It's just a matter of if it's the right time and the right place and things you right. know work out the right way. So, um, right. that's crazy. So, You've, okay, so let's backtrack. Philadelphia, Maine, North Carolina, Kansas, Springfield, Missouri, Brazil, Belgium, Finland. Finland. Yep. I mean, <laughs> you've seen almost almost every corner of the earth, with the, I guess with the exception of like Asia and Australia, right. you've been everywhere. So that's got to right. open up your eyes. As you, as you said, you've seen people bathing in the street, you know, mm-hmm. people that don't have much, but they're at peace with themselves. That's got to like open your eyes up to what life is here, life everywhere, what people uh-huh. have and don't have. Um, that changed your outlook at any point in time, I mean, obviously your outlook has had changed even for your own personal stuff going on and connecting with coach Martin, but man, that's gotta just be like, like, I'm just like, wow. After hearing you tell that, I mean, I can't imagine seeing it with your own eyes. Right. Right. Well, for me, uh, I kind of always saw myself as a visionary and, uh, I always want to help people. I know when I used to write in my yearbook, I want to be, I have my own boys and girls club. I want to have my, be a mentor and everything like that. So as I'm shaping, I'm formulating my ideas about who I am as a person, where I see myself at. So I, I kind of threw the NBA out there. Like that was done. Like I was content with, I play international. I want to see how long I could do it. I just want to say I'm the first professional basketball player in my family. That's some achievement or whatever, but it's not the end. So as I'm formulating my ideas, it's always people like you just asked me, like when I'm doing interviews, how, what was your journey? Like I was telling that to other players and people back home, like, yo, your journey is your journey. I'm just going to tell you the do's and don'ts when you get over to these places or this is how you handle these situations. So as I fast forward to this point and I'm getting 
formulating what I want to do. I'm like, I want to be a counselor. I want to be a, I'm not a mentor. I'm not a coach. I'm a little bit more than all that. I'm, I want all that in one because I'm telling my story, my personal experience, my personal experience to, you can take, you can pull and take on whatever you want, but I'm just telling you what I struggle with. So you don't have to do the same thing. Right. I said, counseling psychologist seems cool, but I didn't know that until my last, well, my final year at Mizzou. So, so my second year of this year, uh, it was like October. I'm like, uh, one of my friends has sent me a position, like uh, a mental performance coach. So I'm thinking, I'm reading the definition of it and I'm looking at it. I'm like, hmm, this sounds like something I can do. I think I've been doing this for years. So right away, I called Coach Martin about it. And I'm like, Coach, uh, can you call or whatever and see what's, if the job is still open? Because I was going to literally transition from my graduate assistant. If that position was open, I'm going to go to that position. So I was just like, I can do this position. I felt like I tell my story. I connect with the players and I have open dialogue. And I'm, I'm young enough to get, still touch the players, but I'm old enough to respect both professors and the coaches and be the liaison between the two. So... He reached out. It was it was already filled or whatever. We're about to get filled or whatever, which was cool. So you know what I do directly? I immediately call. I'm, I'm really meet the mental performance coach, and I didn't even realize who she was. Scott Morton. She was at our practices, but I never knew what she did. I never knew exactly what she did. Okay. So when I find, I'm like right away, I emailed her and we have a meeting. Like I want to just talk to you, pick your brain. From that point on, she became she's a mentor of mine to this day. So I'm like. That's what really started for me because I looked at players and I looked at families and what do players struggle with on a day-to-day basis, especially if you are prominent, you have, uh, uh, you have, you want to go professional. How can I help you support you through your journey, but educate you in, uh, in the same way where you can get some you benefit of, because we can go to college and get a degree that doesn't mean anything or doesn't translate or doesn't make you happy. Right. And you, you still trying to fulfill these, uh, sports obligations this thing might not end the way that you want it, or right. you might not get an opportunity. So for me, as a counselor psychologist, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a couple of years and get licensed and everything. I feel like I could be honest. I've been where you want to go, and I have friends that's in the NBA. I have uh, younger guys that's NBA talent right in high school now that I'm guiding through the process because I know what these conversations are like. But mentally, how do you balance your family, school, your social life, and you as a person learning about yourself? So. I think I'm going to be the great liaison and appeal to a demographic where I'm not going to say you no BS. It's going to be a real coming from a loving place and it's neutral. And I don't want to from you can't give me that because my life is I feel like my life is beautiful. I, I feel like 29 years of my life, I didn't know who I was until I sat down with myself and said, this is what I want in my life. I'm not being politically correct. No more. I'm being a correct for myself and I got to have a sense of self. So I found that peace within myself. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to this point right now as we speak. Man, I'm so glad you said that last line that he's, you said at 29 years old, that's when I it hit me. That's when I realized because I actually had a conversation uh, a year or so ago with a high school freshman and her parents were asking her what she wanted to do when she mm-hmm. grew up. Like as a high school freshman, I'm not sure I knew what I wanted to do. Like as a, as a college junior, I was like, I, I changed my major a little bit. Like it happens. Like, you don't, we don't, our, our journey is, our journey is our journey. We don't always have the same thing and it didn't always go perfect. Um, and telling that high school freshman that, Hey, your journey is going to change. You might come to a fork in the road and things, you know, go different. And you realize this is your aha moment. You having that aha moment at, you know, 29, 
and now who you are, you know, you, your thing is picking up and, and gaining steam. Um, that's 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 refreshing to hear because I think a lot of people not willing to admit it because they don't want to feel like they failed in life. And like I say, a path is different for everybody. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, reconnected with Coach. Zoe with, with with Conzo at Mizzou. Um, what was that like? Because you said back when you got from Missouri State, you were there for him, and I get that. I mean, I don't think people understand in college recruiting that people will, you know, people that are so entwined, intertwined with it. They, you know, you pick the school. No, people connect with coaches. They connect with players, and they want to be on a team with people that they, you know, can feel they have a connection with. You obviously have a strong bond with with Coach Martin, and the opportunity to go to Mizzou. You got your graduate degree and advancing your life. That had to be another level of. Man, you said like a father figure for you to get to open up some doors, and he's someone that's seen so much with from his background. Uh, what was the second time like like around with him uh, to to be around him and, and gain some more knowledge? I'm gonna be honest, like when, when people talk to Coach Martin, and I don't know a lot of people that's in Missouri State really got a chance to really pick his brain and right. talk to him. The way how he's approached his life is how he approaches the basketball court, and then what I mean by that is that he's consistent, and when you got consistency. You got a clear vision of exactly how you want to live your life. And I'm not saying he perfectly is sane or anything like that, but the way he goes about, he put family first. So for me, as I'm going through my times, I always used to, uh, we used to connect every other day, like still to this day, right now, we met, we talk on the phone, he called me, I call him, I check on his family. That So I always look at it, this is a, a, a man of integrity and character. He has high character, he believes in God, he's our moral ethic. And, and, he, and one thing that I think separates him from me from a lot of people and coaches and not just just the basketball is that when you can have a candid conversation, you can be real with him about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. So when as this time arrived, I used to ask him every year, was the graduate position open? Because he moved he moved a couple spots. He went from Tennessee. Yeah. I was I was I was filling out the application to be the drummer graduate assistant. It wasn't the right time yet. Uh then he went to Cal. I worked his camp at Cal. I flew myself out there, worked his camp, and I just like to be around him because the knowledge that he giving you and it's being real. Like that, that's the most important. I'm an authentic person, so I like real information. So as the Mizzou thing came up the first year, so I, I kind of knew he was trying to get adjusted to come coming back to that area where he's from or whatever. So I asked him, was the graduate position somebody was already here? He said, well, I said, I met him. I uh, worked Fab 48 uh, camp, I mean, uh, uh, AU tournament was out in, uh, in Las Vegas. So we met up or whatever, and I was just asking him where the position be open. So it gets to like the end of the summer, like around August. I said, coach, did you pick a, a graduate assistant or are you thinking about, I said, who are you thinking about? He said, well, text message was like you and i'm just like whoa <laughs> so why do i have two weeks to tell my job that i'm not coming back it's the yeah. common courtesy or whatever right like so i asked my girlfriend like what do you think she's like no brandon you gotta go you 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 you, you, you gotta go like he's like she's like you have to go. like that's your coach like he's giving you an opportunity and i was like i'm leaving my daughter and mind you i'm like I gotta make this tough decision but I got to do it because the knowledge and the, the doors that may be open for me, but being around a good person of a good leadership, show me how to get to this point. I'm not a basketball player no more. So now I already know what you're going to say in the locker room. I already know what you're saying in the huddles. I know the expectation of what you want the guys to do, but you need somebody younger in that position to pour into. And he poured it into me. So it's only right that I pour into his players because I already know what the message that he's uh, screaming and he's consistent with his approach. So for me, it was no brand. I'm like, I'm under my coach again as a man now, like as on his staff, like, right. oh, we can have regular conversations and I can tell him how I felt like really as a player, but I even 
I was transparent at all the time, but really now I'm, I'm working with you. Right. Like it's the best of both worlds. And I'm seeing like how to, I'm seeing certain signs with guys maybe struggling that I struggle with. And I look at myself yeah. first, I'm like I've been there before. This is how you go handle it when you go talk to them. Be yourself. But this is, this is, this is what happened. This is what he did for me. So I'm going to just talk from my perspective. So when you go in his office, be real with him. Be real. Whether he say yes, no, and it's rarely that he say no. If he uh, it, absolutely, he can't do it. Like it's just he can't do something. So for me, it was just like an easy transition. I'm like, I'm with my coach. I know he's gonna look out for me and mentally that he's gonna give me the right, correct information. And uh, what I, I got a master's degree from it. I, be, I built a, a lot of relationship at Mizzou. I, I, I genuinely have more of a connection with Mizzou than Missouri State because I wasn't as an athlete. You know, you shield it. You don't want to. Sure. Go reach out to people. You don't want to go talk to your professors. And I didn't have it. I didn't have that experience. Well, my teacher, when my professors as a graduate student, I was in the office. I was in the dean. I was, I was talking to all these people because I knew how I wanted to learn my professors so they understand who I was. And I wasn't just taking a class. I was trying to get something out of educational wise to help me in my professional career. And that's what I got out of it. And that's what I screamed to these guys now. Don't just do a major that's comfortable. Do something that, that's your hobby because when it's your hobby, you can always, when basketball's to the side, or if you want to do marketing, you want this is something that can build your brand. Do that because that's going to fulfill you. You taking classes won't fulfill you. Oh, well, I got a three, well, the whole GPA is 3.5, but you don't have jobs five years down the line. What, I wasted my time. You just, the school benefited off my talent and everything or whatnot, and we won a bunch of games, or we lost a bunch of games, and I'm back to where I came from. Right. I had a, a networking experience. <laughs> So I'm always preaching that. Nice, nice, nice. Well, man, this has been just fantastic. You you have such a way of connecting with people. Like you you didn't tell me like so much in 45 minutes. I had no idea about besides what I've read. Um, but I think you being able and being willing to share your background, your story. I'm sure there are several people that will benefit from. I hope folks that listen to this will be able to reach out to you and say, Hey man, I appreciate you sharing where you've been through. This gives me an inspiration or gives me an outlook that has refreshed me. Um, so, so what's next for you? I, you, you talked about the psychology thing. You talked about what your professional career might look like. What are you, what are you expecting uh, your time? We get through, we get through Corona cause this is just thrown us all off now, right. but in a right. perfect world, like where do you see your, like, what do you, what do you hope, Three years down from right now, that you're 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 sitting at. Uh, well, really, to be honest, my, my goal is to become a counselor psychologist. I am going to become a psycho- counselor psychologist. I'm just got to reapply to a couple programs this upcoming year. But okay. in the meantime, being an activist, uh, I have a strong uh, personality as far as with the Black Lives Matter, and I'm not just talking about with the movement. Black Lives Matter as right. a black man. I don't need to be a part of a movement that I live as a black man. So changing some of the things that's, uh, that's going on, the systematic racism that we see, the police brutality and speaking up on that, because I think as a young black man coming from the inner city and you put kids in these environments where they're not comfortable, you're assimilated to these positions where it might not be the best. I'm, I'm suffering my well being in the inside. And I think we need to speak up on these things and change. And, and we talk about, we helping the athletes, student athletes, and if you're really a student athlete, there's some systematic things that we have to change in the system to make sure they have a great experience, not even on the basketball court, but they still are human beings and right. bring the families in and change some of the stuff that's going on. So I want to be, I'm, I'm definitely going to be an activist in this. I want to pull people with me and educate them along and educate myself along the way of this journey, because I can't do it by myself. I don't want to do it by myself. I don't, I shouldn't have to anyway, but Really just speaking to that, 
and really just getting people on board to say, this is some things that I've seen. And I, if you love me for me, you know my character. My intent is never to harm. My intent is to add something to the world, positivity. So that's what I'm going to be doing in the next couple of years or whatever. And whenever time presents itself and I get licensed, I look forward to working with uh, administration, uh, athletes and families, and uh, just anybody. I just want to collaborate with anybody and just make the world better. And that's my way of giving back, not just to the sports world, but just to the world in general, because I think people need to uh, talk about their issues and how to navigate, how to deal with those things so we can make this world a better place. Sounds like you're already on the path, man. I mean, there's so many people that would love to do it, but don't know how to constructively do it the right way and and do it in a manner that makes sense uh, so that people can just sort of take it in and not just be reactionary. So I know I appreciate Mm -hmm. it because I think most folks don't realize is that with all this stuff that's going on, the first and foremost important thing is just to listen. I mean, so many people just want to react and react on one extreme or another extreme. But if you just can't just sit there and just take it in and learn from people what they're dealing with or what they're going through or how they feel, then what's the point? So um, this has been awesome, man. I I, I know I'm I'm almost certain that you're going to get some people that will respond to you once I get this, this podcast posted out, but uh, I appreciate you taking time, man. This has been just phenomenal. Well, thank you just for having me on. And just, when you always stay connected, we always somehow connected and everything. And I appreciate that being genuine because I haven't had, I want to I want to go back to Missouri State, but I just feel detached at a moment right now because I haven't heard it from anybody. I, I think I got to do my job. With my, once this corona and the process, when we find out solutions and stuff, because I think you got to add alumni back to the, to the school so we can bring it in, so we can win another championship, so we can, because I'm rooting for Mizzou. Like wherever Coach Martin, I'm rooting. I'm definitely going to root for him. I'm always, I want to be an asset to these programs because I don't look at the jersey and say, well, since you go to Mizzou or since you go to Missouri State, I'm not going to help you. I want to help everybody. Right. So I think having these con- candid conversations and these interviews, I want to give back to my school, but give back to my community because, like you said, I told my story from Philadelphia. I want to bring people to, I want to bring from Philadelphia. I want to bring the recruitment from Philadelphia there, but help the community out as right. well so we can bring, bridge that pipeline. I want the next Nafis Ritz or somebody better than me to come. And so I can come to the games and be that proud alumni and see the games and stuff. I'm not saying that I'm not proud, but I want to be able to go back like, okay, I see the, I see the progression. Because our, our, our same thing with our team, it was a progression. We didn't just make it off of one day. So that's my biggest thing. But I appreciate you having me on this platform. It's a beautiful platform. Uh, anything that you need from me, I look forward. More than, more than welcome to help you out in any way. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. This is, this is just awesome, man. Thanks so much.